What's up, guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Virgins podcast. We're here with Jordan Brown. What's going on, everybody? And I'm John Michael Perez, and we're super excited to bring the value because what we're all about is just teaching and giving you advice based off of our what we've learned and our failures, and we're really here to amplify your business. Yes. If you want your 2023 and beyond to be absolutely incredible, come on the journey with us. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, a couple of episodes ago was actually super sick, very practical. We went over the buyer's representation, how we prepare for that, um, what our our you know appointment looks like. And we're going to do kind of the same thing today. But before we start, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening and sharing the podcast. This is all free. Uh, but one thing that we love seeing is people sharing the podcast, uh, posting it on Instagram. Uh, we are, we're also uploading the podcast on YouTube as well. So you can go check that out. Um, but if you have a friend or if you are, uh, if you have any friends that need help in real estate, we want to be that person to help completely free, no hidden agenda, or just uh, we were those agents that needed help. And there was no guidebook. That's the thing is there's nothing There's nothing to say, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to be a successful agent. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not to toot our own horns, but we are top producers in the Austin area. I would say we're probably the top 1% in real estate when it comes to representing buyers, representing sellers. And so what we want to do is teach you exactly what we're doing there's no catch. It's just we're the thing is is like we believe in the law of reciprocity, which means the more you give, the more you get. And so if we we feel like if we can give a ton of value, that eventually it's going to pay back in other areas of our life. Absolutely. And our very last episode was with Grace, who is a fantastic lender. If you have not listened to that episode, you're messing up. Go back, replay it, listen to it. She's so insightful. She lets you know about loan programs. I mean, we talked about everything from from lending to like her background. Like, I don't know. We can't hype her up enough. She was incredible. It was great to talk with her. And, and we're so appreciative for everything she's done for our clients. She can do the same for yours. Absolutely. So we're going to get started with the tip of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to start doing this uh, this segment here where we try to give you just a, a practical piece of advice. My tip this week is going to be uh, it's tax season. So realtors, if, you know, if you're not aware, you are a 1099 employee, meaning that you do not have taxes automatically withdrawn for you. And you can either pay for those quarterly or annually. Um, I do annually. You can do whatever's comfortable for you. But one tip that I'm going to provide for you as a way to prepare for that is put aside about 10 to 15% of each paycheck into a separate checking or savings account and make that your tax account. Don't touch it. Don't use it to pay for Panda Express, Torchies, and, and Lucy's Fried Chicken. Make that your your tax account so that you're either prepared for tax season and what you're going to have to pay, or it'll soften the blow for you. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who do not prepare and you're about to get slapped. So when it comes to finances, what does your uh, bank account situation look like? Do you have like a joint bank account and then a business account or what, what does that look like for you? So mine is, uh, honestly, it's probably not as clean as it should be. Okay. What I, what, one of my goals this year is I want to open up. So I'm transitioning from Wells Fargo to, to chase just because there's not a Wells Fargo up near us. Good idea. Uh, and I'm also getting tired of paying, you know, for someone at a, at a bank to write me a check. 
for somewhere I've been <laughs> since I was 18. So yeah, it, and the cool thing about Chase is, I don't know if these are all Chases, but if you have a certain amount of money in the uh, account, they don't charge you for checks. Yes. So uh, I'm going to be moving everything over to Chase just because it's it's really close to us where we live in Leander, um, and it's just more convenient. There's less fees, less BS. Did I just repeat what you said? Sorry. I don't know. Maybe. I, I may have. Whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah, hear it twice and, and they'll remember it, right? There you go. Um, so, so anyway, my, the way it's set up right now is I have a, uh, me and my wife have joint access. We basically use the same pool of money. Um, okay. and for a long time I had to where this chase account was just me. Mm. Um, and I would put like my, you know, the big checks into that one so that it was, you know, kind of backup funds. We use yeah. our wells. It's such a weird setup right now. Like our Wells Fargo is what we pay everything with. And I'm like, okay, so my chase account is my like quote unquote savings. Um, but I'm going to get rid of the Wells Fargo. I'm going to have a chase account I'm, and I'm going to make a completely separate chase account that I use just for business expenses. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. Uh, be so much easier for tracking. Like I, it is, I just had to go through QuickBooks and for the entire last year, of 2022 go through my wife's transactions my transactions of personal and business and mark if they were personal or business and that sucked yeah and so now like just that one business account is separated from my wife so uh so i any food that i spend on that on that card is business as a business expense a business expense so yeah that's really good tip as well yeah do you is that how you have it or i think you just said that we're i'm starting out like dash one right now i'm over one right now yeah 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 that's that's exactly what i do is um i've got uh two llc's separate from my wife and i's bank account um and if she wanted to get her own bank account that's cool with her too yeah Uh, but i think it's good uh I have like a, a a temperature gauge, so if my account is under a certain amount, I'll start transferring money to make sure it's at that uh, amount. But um, but yeah, um, and, it, and it's cool because I I sort of give myself challenges, and I make and I'm like, okay, which one's gonna? You know, I'm trying to get this one to <laughs> this amount, and this one's to the other amount. So yeah, are you prepared for tax season? Not at all. <laughs> We love it. Love it, right? Yeah. That's the thing is like it's so easy to get caught, like especially when you're busy. When you're busy and, and you're not, you know, thinking about or if you've got money invested into a property, like if you're flipping a property or something, it gets tough to to really stay on top of it. So I I totally get it, man. I'm in yeah. the same boat. So I'm still working on it. Um I'm not gonna lie, I I ask for the uh extension every year, but you know yeah so you got a little bit of time yeah i do well that's awesome um so like we were saying last week you know there we did a two episode week yesterday uh, or that that last week so two episodes ago was the buyer representation the preparation for what that that appointment looks like this week we're going to be talking talking about what it looks like from the seller's perspective so uh, before we dive into that what are you seeing in the market right now um a few things. One, interest rates have slowed down the increase. Uh, so that's a good thing for buyers. I feel like there's a lot more buyer confidence. And so that's one thing that we really need to preach to our clients is that interest rates are, have slowed down in, in, in going up. Um, they didn't necessarily go down, but... But yeah. And then also, um, I'm seeing the stock market go up as well. So that means more buyer confidence. Um, I'm seeing companies invest double down. I think we've talked about that with some of the last couple of episodes was people, these big businesses are doubling down on the Austin area, at least. And um, 
When it comes to, there's not multiple offers. I mean, I have seen a couple recently, but uh, there's not as many. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I know I know that it's easy to get uh, caught up in. You know, you were talking about interest rates, guys. We totally get it. We're I mean, we're in the industry. We understand some of the skepticism. We understand concerns. Uh, last year, 2022. I don't know if you knew this was the only year on record. And I hope I'm not wrong on this, but I read this somewhere. Uh, internet has to be true. <laughs> 2022 was the only year on record that interest rates doubled within that year. Dang. So I under we get it. But guess what? Last week, Grace had talked about, or last episode, Grace talked about uh, interest rates. Yes, did they go? Did the Fed increase rates? Yes, but only by 25 points or or 25 bips. Bips. Yeah. And so. In the past, it was you know fifty, 50 bits 75, or seventy five. Yeah. So it's slowing down. Things are getting more predictable, um, and they came out and said that inflation is not as high as they thought it was. This is all fantastic news for your for your clients. So it's normalizing. Yeah, I mean, not everything's going to be sold over the weekend. You know, hundred k over asking price with waived option period inspection. So, hey, so uh, we just talked about this before the podcast, but. We just recently had a big, uh, well, you know, a couple day freeze. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of branches everywhere. Uh, you know, you're seeing, you know, um, a lot of sand on the roads so that people aren't slipping. But there was a big question within the real estate agent community. And it was if a branch falls from your side of the house and lands on the other, on your neighbor's side of the house, whose fault is it? It's yours. Yes. So if it's your tree... It's your responsibility. So if it's your, your tree and it's a big branch and it lands on your neighbor's roof, unfortunately, it's going to be your insurance that's paying for it. Not going to lie, pretty clutch on our end. Uh, Katie and I got our trees trimmed like last week. Yeah. And so we missed the freeze by by like a few days. Nice. So and our, tree, our trees are nice and slim and sexy and uh, none, none of the branches broke off. So one of, good. one of our short-term rentals, Jordan, before this, sent me a picture of a little branch on the ground and he said, we will rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the backyard and there's actual damage. So I, know, <laughs> I spoke I know, a little right. too soon. Yeah. But, but yeah. somebody's actually going to be uh, staying at that Airbnb today. No. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they get here today. Right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we had to let them know, hey, ignore the the big broken branch in the back and yeah. the down fence. But. Okay, so going into uh, representing sellers, um, I've had recently I've had a, a few uh, listing appointments, um, all really good. I'm not gonna lie, I kill it with listing appointments. Uh, maybe that's my my ego talking, but uh, a I, lot of it's confidence. It really is. Like like we're gonna go over a ton of stuff and like specifics, but. None of this means anything if you don't have confidence and they can sniff that out on you because 100%. if you don't believe in what you're saying, that's bad news. They're not going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. So, um, speaking of, do you do, do you have a ritual before you go to a listing appointment? I play, uh, I'm on a new level. I'm on a new level. <laughs> and, uh, that's yeah. your closing song too, yeah. That's my. That's like the hype too. song. That's the the pre listing hype and the. Oh, you know post. what? No, there's that Pitbull song. Um, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win, and I'll I'll play like some songs like that. You know. Yeah, I do the same thing. I get hyped. I'm, I'm like in my car. I'm like getting in the zone. It's almost like you're going to like a a basketball game, football yeah. game, whatever it is. Like you're preparing, you know, mentally before the game. 
that's a good good headspace to get into. Otherwise, I feel like if there's just quiet or like if you're you, you like way overthink it. Yeah, so I agree. I mean, on the other side, there's another human. So like that that's that should comfort you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna be going over a ton of ton of stuff about you know everything in the listing side. We're gonna go over um, preparing for a listing presentation, the presentation itself. We're gonna be talking about the transaction process from the seller's perspective, and then uh, pro tips for listings. I'm excited. Let's get into it. All right, it. let's do it. So, um, preparing for a listing presentation. Do you have like a first step that you're doing when when it comes to like you get a new lead and they're like, hey, John, I've got a house for sale uh, or that I want to sell. What are you trying to gather information-wise from that client in that first first interaction? So, it depends on what type of lead it is, right? So if it comes from a lead machine or if it's a friend or a referral, uh, I treat every single one differently. So basically the first thing is you got to identify your client, right? And so in my opinion, um, if it's a referral, I'll always use like, hey, your friend Tony told me to give you a call because he said you were interested. Instant rapport. Exactly. Oh, and also you could say, hey, or you could even say, hey, my friend Tony told me that you were good friends with him. And so now you break down that that wall of uh, distrust. Um, and then two, if it's somebody that I don't necessarily know, um, that first conversation basically is trying to provide as much value as possible when it comes to who I am, what my experience is, and... Um, also, always trying to get the appointment, but we'll go into that a little later. Yeah, I mean, you're you're totally right. It so much depends on what I already know about this person, and also what they know about me. Yes, how they heard about me. We did some script practicing earlier today at yeah. one of our meetings, and we were going over that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the context is so huge. Like I, you know, uh, one of our scripts was John was a friend asking or you know asking me how the market was, and I missed a few questions because I was assuming it was me and John having a conversation. I'm like, oh. Well, I already have John's in contact information. I already know what his his house is like, so that affects the questions I'm going to ask. Yeah, naturally. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I know that I'm also finding out like w- things about the property. I'm trying to find out as much information as possible in that first phone call, and the reason being is I'm going to be present whenever I see you for that first time, or or you know maybe I met you in the I don't know supermarket or something. Whatever it is, like when I go to sit down with you and talk about me selling your house. I want to have as much of an understanding numbers wise what we're dealing with. Yeah. I need to know how what kind of liens you have on the property and you got to be a little bit careful with how you ask that because when we were talking about our script practice that came up it was you know giving out how much money you owe on a property is almost like asking for someone's social. Yeah. They get almost a little like why, why do you need to know that? <laughs> Well, I'm trying to tell you how much how much you're going to make on this transaction, right? So again, building the rapport and the trust. If it's someone that you already know, you've probably got a good amount of that already. So also the way you word things, right? Instead of saying, "Hey, how much do you owe on your loan?" You could say, "Hey, I'm trying to put a net sheet together, so um, to in order to get the accurate numbers of of about how much you're going to be pocketing, um, could you let me know uh, what the loan amount is?" Yes, just explain it to them. It's so easy. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, like we I talk about this later on is um, they don't know what our lingo means. So like 
they may have never heard what a net sheet is. It's like, okay, well, yeah. we're, we're trying to figure out how much you're going to walk away from this transaction with. And in order to do that, I need a good understanding of, you know, how much money is left on this home. Do you have any liens against the property from like a contractor or, you know, solar panels, things like that. So I can get you the most accurate info as possible. I notice I say the word comps a lot and sometimes. Yeah, they, they uh, may not know that. What is What is a comp? And it's so hard because like we talk about it daily and it's like yep. just comps are just a part of our thing, but your clients don't know that. Yeah. So just be conscious of that. They may not always know what you're, t- what you're referring to. Yeah. Clear, concise communication. Yep. Um, what are your goals with selling this property? That's another big one to understand because you can uncover additional opportunities. Do they need to sell this one because they're moving to another state and you now have a referral opportunity? Because if you don't ask that, like they're going to find a realtor themselves and you're going to miss out on a referral opportunity. I think one of the most important, and you may have it in our notes, but one of the most important questions is time frame. Yes. I always forget about like, not always, but like I, in our, you know, our script this morning, I didn't ask time frame. Yeah. Um, and it's so important because the information is going to be so much different than if you're selling like we need to list this ASAP or I'm going to list in six weeks or, or or six months when school's out or whatever the case may be. And you'll have a better temperature of their urgency mm-hmm. and your own urgency on how fast you need to get those comps or how fast you need to get that listing presentation or, or the frequency of how often you need to be talking to those people yes. is based on the time frame of when they want to actually act and sell that house. Yes, absolutely. So now you, you've you gotten the, their information, you know a little bit about the home, you know, what they're, um, you've identified the client. And so now you are going to research your comps or comparable properties, and you're going to create your presentation, which I always include a CMA. Uh, the CMA is a comparative market analysis, and we'll go into what my CMA actually looks like from top to bottom. Uh, here in a little bit. And so I love cloud CMA. Um, I know like um, you use a program. It's Is it within the MLS that you use yours for CMAs? Um, it just, yeah. For the most part, I'll just do plus 400 minus 400 square feet. And then uh, I'll look at the subdivision. And then I, I will also look at where the house is as compared to any major roads, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it's across the street of a major road, it's going to be a completely different. So for the most part, it's going to be a completely different uh, neighborhood or type of neighborhood. Yeah. And I know for me, I try to get the comps that, I, or I'm just going to say comps because we're yeah. talking to other yeah, realtors yeah. here. Um, the comps that I'm getting are, you want to make them as close as possible to where that property is. Because if there's a comp that's a mile away, just like John said, that could be in a completely different neighborhood with a completely different price point with different amenities and uh, different offerings. So you want to make sure it's a within the, within the community that your subject property is in and make it as close as possible. If it's on the same street, even better. Yeah. I know sometimes there's situations where it's harder to get comps. Um, and so, I would say just start more specific, and then if there's not as many uh, comparable homes, then slowly get less specific. Yeah, I always try to do it uh, within a a point a quarter mile radius is kind of what I start with. And if I've got one result and it's an active listing, I'm like, well, crap. Now I gotta either you either have to roll back your dates or to keep that same quarter mile radius, or you have to up you know to a half mile. 
to one mile. And that that brings up a different point. Do you just show them the closed comps or do you show them the active comps as well? So I show them active because I want to show their competition. Yes. And I also I show them everything. I go pending, okay. I do active under contract, and I do closed. Um, for closings, especially in this really fast changing market, the the lower the amount of days, the better. Because the market now may be different than what 90 days ago was. Yeah. It is. It is different. Um, it's changing. You know, The people back in uh, March of 2022 had a very different comp base than June of 2022. It's That's how fast the market can change. It's really important that you're showing an accurate ref- reflection of what's happening right now. I agree. But yeah, and, and we talk a, a little bit about that later on about why it's important to include active listings so that they can get the visual themselves. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so I'll just dive into it. We're going to go over what the actual presentation, which is the physical copy that I'm bringing, what that is. Um, and feel free, like jump in here, like, you know, give them tips on it, why this is important, but I'm just going to go kind of top to bottom of, of what uh, is included in this. So in my presentation, I always start off with a little bit about the brokerage. We are not, you know, uh, Tyfke Real Estate is not a big box brokerage. It's not like a KW. It's not a Coldwell Banker, places like that. So people may not know much about us. So to legitimize ourselves, I tell them a little bit about uh, Tyfke Real Estate. So then I go over who I am, a little bit about my expertise, um, my background, what's important, the fact that I live shop, eat, breathe, everything Leander, Texas. And um, that kind of establishes myself as that lo- local expert. Then I go over uh, what a CMA is. So not the actual CMA, it's what is a CMA. Again, they do not speak our language. So are we talking, and I hate to interrupt, but are we talking about that's the first thing you do during your presentation? No, no, no. This is the actual presentation itself. Okay. This is what I'm including in the packet that I'm giving. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have the actual like the actual listing appointment a little bit later. On. Okay, cool. Um, so this is kind of like what you're preparing to give them. So this is just kind of start to, you know, top to bottom, what I'm going to be providing to them once I get to the appointment. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so what is a CMA? This is important because buyers and sellers, again, do not speak our language. If I say, hey, here's your CMA, they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So this goes over in depth, like what it, what we're reviewing, how I'm coming up with numbers, things like that. Uh, one thing I do during that time is I ask them questions like, what do you think about this house? Oh, while you're actually like showing the, mm-hmm. the active or like yeah. the other. Hey, so this house sold for 2,600 square feet and your house is 2,500 square feet. So if you were to compare the difference, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, yeah. And so now they're starting to think, hmm. Well, maybe I sh- we should lower the price a little bit more. Yeah. Or, um, you know, hey, this this house was the same square footage as yours, and this was one street over. What do you notice about this home that's different than yours? Ooh, I like that. And it's like, oh, well, they have this really nice updated kitchen. Okay, cool. What else do you notice? Uh, they have you know vinyl plank flooring instead of tile. Little things like that to help get them get them to self identify how their home stacks up to the competition. Yeah. And I always tell them like, Hey, we make these decisions uh, 
to price your home based off statistics and not emotions, right? And so a lot of times these people are like, oh, well, we've lived in the house for 25 years, so it's worth $50,000 more. No, it doesn't no. matter. <laughs> Sellers are emotionally attached to their house. And it's, it's you've got to come in and be like, okay, I, hey, I totally get that. I'm so happy you had a great experience at this home. In order for me to sell it for you uh, efficiently, this is, I have to show you why I think it's worth this. And we've talked about this, guys. I, I actually said this at a listing appointment very, very recently, a couple of days ago. I said, guys, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. And you want an agent telling you the actual statistics and not, oh, yeah, I could sell it for 550 when in reality there's no comps that would sell it for 550 Or there's other houses that have been on the market for 550 but they've been on the market for 125 days. Yeah, and these, these figures and these numbers and this research establishes you as the expert. Not them. It's not what they've seen on Zillow. It is you. You are the reason that you're going to... You're the solution to sell this home. Yep. And here's why. I know my shit. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so after reviewing the comps, I asked them based on what they saw, what they think of that their list price should be. So after we've reviewed everything and you've seen what your competition offered, what they sold for, are you still unrealistic or do you have a better understanding of where we need to be? Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yeah. Um, and so I've had unrealistic clients before that even after I told them that, they're like, well, I still think it's... And, it's yeah. like, and that's going to happen. You Ultimately, it's their call. What right? do you... Well, uh, let me ask you, though. What do you do in that situation? So I would say, okay, so, so thankfully, I have not been in a situation like okay. that. However, if I were... I have. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was and someone's... Even after viewing, if it was... It also depends on how much we're talking. If we're talking we're 15K off, that's different than mm. 150K off. Yeah. So if we're 150K off and everything I just did did not convince you that that's inaccurate, I'm probably dealing with an unrealistic seller. And this may not be the fit for me. So this is what I do. I say, okay. You <laughs> <laughs> <It> just may... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> no, I say okay. If you if you're really persistent on pricing it at five fifty, then what I'm gonna do my absolute best to sell your house at five fifty. But three weeks from now, if we don't get that much traction, do you agree with me to drop the price to where we need it to? And ninety nine percent of the time, they're gonna say yes. Yeah, you gain that agreement up front. Hey, let's get an agreement. That if we're not getting any traction and we're getting feedback that's saying it's too high priced, that you agree that three weeks from now we're going to drop the price. You know, yeah, that's good. I mean, that's you heard it. That's that's really solid because you want their buy-in as to hey, okay, fine. It, ultimately, it's your decision. But when that doesn't work, what are we going to do? Exactly. We're going to listen. We're going to listen to me then. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much what you what it what it is, right? Uh, and ultimately, it's your client's client's choice. You can do everything to provide them accurate information, um, but it's their call. So, and then you got to try. You got to try it. And you got to sit there and, you know, smile when people are like, hey, like the house right next to you just sold for 100K less than that. Why is this one worth more? And you're like, yeah, because they said so. Right? Yep. Um, but anyway, so yeah, gain, gain the agreement. You you make sure that they're okay with... Uh, make sure it aligns with their goals too. 
you know, hey, I can try to sell it at that higher price point if you're willing to waste another month, right? And by doing so, your holding cost for this mistake is this. Yeah. You you said to me that your mortgage payment is $2,500 a month right now. Is Are you okay with losing $2,500 to try to sell at this much higher price than what I just showed you? You know, you can't, you, there's a few different ways you can take it, feel it out with your client, but it's okay to say by doing this, your, your potential waste is this much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so hopefully you're on the same page. Um, and the next page of my CMA presentation is why you need a realtor kind of goes over the expertise that we provide because some people are uh, for sale by owners. And they're just trying to waste, pick realtors' brains to kind of get an idea of if their pricing is going to be correct. So if that is this, then it gives them a chance to see what your value is and you to convince them that you are the correct solution. I also try to tell them the value as to, I'm here to protect you guys, right? Like we have contracts and agreements that give disclosures like a seller's disclosure Mm -hmm. and also i'll give little bitty hints not the entire thing but i'll say hey there there are documents like uh documents that you need to give the buyer that if you do not give them in a uh the proper amount of time you will lose the buyer yeah i won't i and the thing is is don't tell them the actual document like usually it's the municipal utility district document um but don't tell them that the actual document right because that's knowledge that you have that guess what if they just use it uh if they just use the information you tell them now now you just gave them a little bit of your value for free basically yeah um so then the next page is commission distribution i always let it be known up front uh, John and I actually have this thing that we're working on, which is going to be a menu for them to pick from. So we have an option that's, you know, the, what our standard is. We have one that's above the standard. We have one that's below the standard so that they can pick what the best option for them is. You don't have to do that, but you do have to let it be known how you're going to be paid. Yeah, so generally, most agents, they pay for the pictures, they uh, pay for the marketing, any printing, like flyers, stuff like that. Ad spend. Ad spend, stuff like that. So you can you can say, hey, uh, just for example, and I hope I'm not taking too much time, nope. but just for example, 5.5%, we're not paying for pictures, you're paying for pictures, uh, we're not paying for flyers, you're paying for flyers, and 6%, you're going to get two open houses for two weekends in a row, you're going to get flyers, you're going to get uh, pictures taken care of, all marketing taken care of, and 6.5%, uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll stage, stage it for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll stage it for you, or we'll, we'll get a designer in here to give you a free concept consultation and tell you exactly what you need to do. We'll buff up how much we're going to spend on ads. Like exactly there's, that's why there's a menu, right? So they can pick, do they need, do they, you know, can they afford to pay out this much and what they're going to get for that? Mm -hmm. So they feel, they feel good about it too, right? You don't want to just be like, this is what I charge deal with it. And (laughs) and you can like, I mean, it's just all about. And also I'm not going to lie when it comes to the, the pricing time, I just, 
I just try to normalize it as much as possible. Like, yeah. So my brokerage charges 6% and that's going to come with pictures. That's going to come with this. That's going to come with that. And I, I just say the 6% really quickly. Yeah. Right? And then I say, we don't get the full six. We, we actually take care of the buyer as well. So they're, they're going get, to get paid three. Yeah. We're going to get paid three. And uh, for the most part, we don't get kickback. But if we do, then we just try to provide value and tell them how we are worth that much. Yeah. It's like out of everyone in this transaction, like being the list agent i'm making the least amount out of everybody if i'm paying for x y and z um and i'm getting the same three percent as this other broker or brokerage then you know yeah give them your little tip not little that sounds <laughs> there's a there's a tiktok video there's a tiktok video about a, a wife that uh she wants to see how long it'll take for him to say something when she says, hey, how was your little workout or how, how did... I'm not familiar with what you're talking it's about. It's a funny video. Anyway, uh, how, give him a tip on how to fight back when it comes to commission fighting on your commission. Oh, so like if they're asking for a piece of my commission as a kickback or something or a discount yeah. on it. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, discount realtors give discount service. I said that in the buyer's presentation one. But in addition... If I cannot negotiate my own pay, how do you expect me to negotiate for you? Guys, did y'all hear that? Say it again. If I can't negotiate my own pay, how do you expect me to negotiate when it comes to a buyer so, who's, who's buying your house? Like When we're dealing with tens of thousands of dollars and you're over here trying to peddle me for like a few thousand, come on now. Yeah, exactly. So you gotta, and, and here's the thing is, you are being paid for your expertise. The reason you're going to have a smooth transaction is because I am versed on the market. I'm not an idiot. Like, I, I know what I'm talking about. When you have um, questions, I'm going to pick up the phone. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm available for my clients at all times. Um, I, if I'm up, I'm going to respond to your, your inquiries. I had a client uh, recently for a listing appointment. Um, I said, so if you don't mind me asking, um, why did it not work with your last agent, right? Because they listed it before and it mm -hmm. didn't work out. They said, we never were able to get a hold of him. And their systems and their processes were so uh, robotic that they didn't even know what was going on. And so, yes, systems and processes are absolutely important when it comes to the back end of your real estate career, but... Make sure that you still have that relational aspect of your business. Yeah. In my, one of my listings right now, I have gone twice. They're out of state. I have gone twice during this freeze to drip their faucets. Do you think a discount realtor gives a crap what happens to that property? Absolutely, Absolutely not. So that's the difference is I care. And it's not even because of the money. It's just I'm a caring agent and I'm not going to discount my value because of that. And our motto is the agent that cares the most wins the most. Yeah. So uh, marketing action plan is the next thing. So I like to go over kind of, you know, the first week, here's what I'm going to do for your property. Um, and then once we go live that second week, here's what we're going to do. If it gets to a third week, here's the continuous activities that we're going to do. So they have a good expectation as to what my plan is for their house. And it stays pretty consistent almost no matter what. I mean, some of it varies depending on if like their home, if they live, if they occupy the property versus if it's vacant, there's a, you know some details in there that need to be worked out. But for the most part, the plan is the same. Um, then I go into a page that has suggestions for preparing the listing. 
that makes it to where, you know, we're decluttering We're you know, if you need to make some slight repairs, do so before pictures, just some little tips to try to make the house be, be shown in its best light. So, okay. Um, and we'll expand a little bit more into that. So lastly, I have my open house checklist. What? What? I didn't know that. What? Open house checklist. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what, you know, things to do before the open house, what I'm going to be doing while I'm at the open oh, house. Oh, okay. Okay. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the, how the, con- you know, what kind of conversations like. So do you have that in your actual presentation or yes. what does that look like? So it's the actual checklist is not in, the, it's more for them. It's like, so that they know what the open house's purpose is and why I'm doing an open house. Okay. Basically. Um, last or next to last, we go to the listing paperwork overview. I like to kind of go through what I'm going to be having them sign, what it all means, uh, what they're agreeing to. And there's a nice little breakdown in there. And very last, I do the net sheet. So the net sheet is just, you know, Hey, based on the information that we've talked about, you told me you owe this much on the home after the split, after the expected fees at this price point, this is what you can expect to walk away with. And what's really cool is the, uh, if you're local here in Austin or in Texas or wherever Austin title is at, um, all over the Austin title app is freaking sick. It's so good. Even the free version, it's $10 for the year. Like get the premium version. They, they have a ton of content that you can share. Um, that's already pre-made with your brand and everything on there. But what I use at every single listing presentation is their net sheet. That way, if I don't have that information and I now have it while I'm there with them, I get on my phone, I plug in the information, and I can show them right then and there what they can expect to walk away with. Yeah, and also if you got something wrong on the net sheet that you already printed out or, or that you need to change, you could literally pull up the app and just be like, hey, okay, let me just change this, this, and this and show it on your phone. Yep. Oh, now now this offer is going to be with 10,000 concessions. Let me... Boom. There it is. Exactly. Here's, here's your, here's your new net. There's literally a, a, a section that says repairs. And so if you show up at the listing property and the listing appointment and the roof needs to be fixed, well, now you can put that amount in the repair section and have a more accurate net sheet. Yeah. So it's Austin title agent one is the app. Freaking amazing. Um, and if you need a title rep, um, Reagan is super awesome with Austin title. Um, she would be able to help hook you up. Um, the only thing is that, uh, you know, it's in the exchange of actually using them as a title company. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's it for my actual CMA. That's what, that's what I have prepared, printed out in the documents that I'm going to be handing them during the listing presentation. So when it comes to the actual listing appointment, do you do anything to prepare? I just get freaking hyped. Okay. I'm blasting my music in the car. I'm slapping myself in there. I'm like, we're going to get this <laughs> appointment. And so, no, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from like the research and just like knowing my client, knowing the situation, if I have all that information, I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, do you, do you have some like to add, add to that? So, uh, you were probably already going to say this, but I usually verify within a couple of days before the listing appointment. Yes. Hey, um, are we still on, you know, are we still on for the appointment? And I actually did that just like yesterday Yeah. and they were like, Hey, can we reschedule? Totally same thing, fine. same thing for me this week. Totally fine. Yeah. Let's reschedule. When's a good time is Friday or Saturday a good time for you. And I always throw out suggestions when it comes to the next, the reschedule. Um, 
but yeah, always verify. And then if they say, yeah, we're good to go. I try to show up five minutes before the actual appointment. Um, yeah. Cool. And I also, you're right. So that, that, that brought it up was verifying that the time still works. And also within that one, so once they say, yes, we're still good to go. Fantastic. I have YouTube videos that I send to them before I go, especially if it's someone I've never met before. And the reason being is that they're seller focused videos with a good expectation of, of what I'm going to require for them to get their house ready uh, tips to to put their house in the best light and it gets them to feel like they know me before I even arrived guys did y'all hear that that is such a good tip he stole that tip from me yes <laughs> yeah ev- I mean they're called evergreen videos it's basically a video that you record one time and you can have it multiple uses so I have that up on my YouTube channel where people can just you know browse and look but I use it specifically to send to my clients before uh, I meet up with them. I've never seen that video for you. You haven't? No. I, I need to refilm it, honestly, because I, I had my long hair and I still had like this going. And, yeah, and I, I'm a little cleaned up now, so I need <laughs> yeah. to refilm that. I think I need to refilm mine, too. But I do the same exact thing, guys. Video, evergreen video. That's the definition is where you can use it multiple times. And just like Jordan said, send that video after you confirm the appointment or after you have the first initial phone call uh, to pre-qualify them and to set up that appointment. And um, it's just so important. It makes you look like the professional. Absolutely. When you arrive, what's the first thing you do once you get to the, the listing appointment? First thing I do is I walk in. I say, hey, guys, how y'all doing? And then I say, um, do you mind showing me around the house? Uh, and the reason why I do that is because one, that's a great opportunity to build rapport. Number two, it's a great eye- opportunity to get eyes on the house and see if it needs any repairs. And that's one question I ask is, does it need any repairs? And so, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a, an old team member who told me like, no, I sit down and I talk to them for like an hour before I look at the house and I'm like, dude, like, and that's like their, their rapport building time, which there's multiple strategies. But what I've found that works is especially if it's someone that I don't know, like they don't want to chit chat before, like they know what we're here for. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's all centered around the house. It's also important to treat, um, every client as if you are the professional and they are the client. So, uh, Jordan was actually shadowing me on a listing appointment one time and I did the exact same thing. This was a friend of mine, uh, that was ready to sell his house. And the first thing I did was I asked them, can you show me around the house? And then we had that listing appointment later. Yeah. And the whole time, like John said, you're building rapport, you're building rapport while you're talking to him. Oh, you have this, like I have one of those too, or like, Oh, I have something so similar. That's awesome. I love how you use this space. And you're also making mental notes of what needs to be updated. If anything, to bring it to top of market. And if you sit down before looking at the house, they may try to jump you with those questions beforehand. And you don't know the answer. Mm. You don't know what's wrong with the house yet. Uh. So you're going to be more well informed by having them to give you the tour first. Yeah. I'll, I'll say things like, Oh, these floors are so nice. Did you, did you do these? you know, or yeah. did, did it come with the house, you know? And, and so like building that rapport, complimenting them on things that they may have changed. Uh, you just, uh, it just really helps when it comes to the actual sit down presentation. 
Yeah. So then, then once you walk through the house, you sit down, you go over the CMA, you answer questions. I generally say, hey, do you do y'all mind if we uh, find a place to sit so we can talk about uh, the the strategies that we're d- going to do to sell this house? Yeah. And I have a closing move that I go to every time because it evokes a response to let me know if I'm in the running for their their business. Right? What is that? I always ask them, when would you like me to get the photographer scheduled? Ooh, that's a good question. Because... If you're going to use me, I'm locking you up right there because I'm going to get an appointment for the photographer to come out. If not, if you are on the fence, it forces you to tell me in some fashion that you're not ready to make a decision. Oh, we're interviewing someone else or whatever. So I get an immediate feel before I even leave the house if, if I'm walking out of there a winner or not. That's a ninja trick right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, I I always like to try to see who I need to focus my energy on, and the quicker I can find that out, the better. So forcing them to give me some kind of indication is is uh, my my Jedi mind trick there. I like it. I like it. Um, so how long before you reach out to that client again? You know, let's say you went and you did the presentation. How long before you reach back out to them to to either follow up or what does your follow up game look like after that listing appointment? Um, usually it might be a couple days and I'll say something like, um, Hey, it was great meeting up with y'all. Um, I look forward to working with you in the next couple months, couple weeks, whatever. And, um, as soon as you're ready, give and give me the green light, let me know. And I'll get those pictures scheduled for you. Nice. Yeah. Cause then, then you're not, you know, they don't feel like you're bombarding them or like you're desperate for business exactly. or like you're you're desperate for their response or something. You want to give them enough time. If they're interviewing other agents, let them do so. Just be confident in what you brought to the table so that you don't feel like you left something out or, or um, you know, oh, hey, like, I really want to know what you thought about me. Like, don't worry about it. They'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't seem too hungry or not not hungry don't seem too desperate because desperation unfortunately pushes people away yeah um to wrap up this episode let's give up some tips for uh sellers so like if you were to tell sellers here's what you need to do to put your house in the best light what does that look like so a few tips to get your house ready to sell is one declutter as much as possible um, and these are things that I tell my clients, declutter as much as possible so that uh, when buyers come in, they can see the house as their own. Number two, um, I'm a Christian, but when it comes to religious things, I ask them to take down religious things because you never know. Or like pictures, like personal pictures, things. Exactly. Because yeah. the more that the buyer can walk into the house and picture it as their own, uh, the more possibility for them to actually purchase the house. And then number three, I tell them if you want to declutter, uh, put everything in the garage, right? So buyers don't care if your garage is full of storage because they know you're going to be moving. Would you rather see that the house has a full bedroom or that the garage is full? No, you want a good idea of what the bedroom is going to look like. Exactly. No one no one gives a crap what the, what the garage looks like, yep. right? It's a standard two-car garage. Move on. <laughs> yep, exactly. So yeah, those are the three tips that I have. Yeah, and also professional photography. Um, we get we get a little bit of push. Or, I mean, I've never gotten pushback, but I've heard people online say like, oh, like iPhone pictures will do. Brother, it does not. Heck it look, no. It looks so amateur. And that's one of the differences, and that's one of the value adds that you're bringing with your either standard or above standard packaging for your offer is that uh, to put this house in, you know, cause everyone's going to go on the MLS and look at this. 
what is the first thing they see? The first picture. What if your future clients see that you used iPhone pictures for your last listing? Like, that's embarrassing. In my opinion, that's embarrassing. Yeah. And so you don't want to be the, known as the agent <laughs> that is, is not, using, not using professional pictures. Yeah, taking pictures on your iPhone 6S with the, the 8 megapixel camera, you know, trying to sell a $500,000 house. It's just a bad look. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be making ten to $15,000 and you're not willing to spend $150 on uh, professional photos... Like you need to reconfigure like what you're investing in, right? Yeah, now. your priorities. Yeah, put your clients first. It'll it'll always come back to you. Yep, I agree. Uh, well, guys, it, this has been a really great episode. This is again just one of those really practical ones. Go back, re-listen to it, rewind it, pick apart what you know you want to include in your CMA. Uh, maybe look at things and and what you have now versus man that would really enhance my confidence or my presentation. There's a lot of value in here. And as always, it's free, baby. We ain't charging nothing. I know. And one last tip, and I've said this in several other podcasts, the, the big secret is to always give your potential sellers uh, a resume of contacts for your past clients, right? And so it's one thing to show them testimonials, but it's another thing for them to call your actual past clients and say, what was it really like working with John Michael Perez? And so when they actually call those past clients, uh, they have this, oh, oh man, I had an amazing time. Like you definitely have to use them. And then when they actually have that conversation, for the most part, those past clients will call you or text you and say, Hey, I just got a call. And then guess what you do right there? You gift those clients, those past clients and say, thank you so much. Uh, just another opportunity to reach out to them. That is a big brain move. That is ninja moves right there. It's a game changer because testimonials, like John said, are great. Uh, I think everyone should have them, but no one's going to put crappy you know, testimonials on their, on their presentation. Um, but getting someone else's influence to, to vouch for you. That just instills a new level of confidence that you can't achieve with words on paper. Absolutely. So we're going to be closing it out. We appreciate you guys watching this podcast, listening to this podcast. Uh, guys, we've got so much momentum going on, so many new listeners, uh, and it's so awesome to see uh, all the agents uh, listening, actually implementing some of the tactics and strategies that we're talking about in these episodes. So we appreciate you so much. Please continue to share it with your friends. Can share it share it with your these agents that are really literally struggling right now because uh, we want everyone to succeed absolutely it's possible just implement it believe it and practice it put it into your into your daily life um, it's what's absolutely changed our business and we know it can do the same for you all right see you guys go Bye. conquer your local market